right. We're back. We are back with Ash 101, Volume 11, or Season 2, Episode 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to Dizzy for DZ. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And normally I introduce the episode after this, so now I'm like totally thrown <laughs> off as to what to say. <laughs> it's funny. We have like our little routine of things. <laughs> I know. I know. You get used to you saying totally things get... in a certain order. Uh-huh. And yeah. Yeah. But that's all right. We're just doing things a little differently this week. That's right. So <laughs> um, that being said, though, it was a very good episode. Like, yeah. I – well, I'll I'll have some thoughts for mm-hmm. you <laughs> coming later. Okay, uh, good. Yeah, oh. yeah. This might be the most critical that I've felt about an episode. Yeah, that. Okay. If I'm being honest. Okay. Other than when I was kind of critical of the intro episode, right? The, very the pilot the premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember being critical the first time I watched it, and then it really grew on me as, after I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, this one kind of had the same effect. My first watch, I was mm-hmm. kind of like, "What the heck?" <laughs> but, <laughs> but then my second watch, I I have some different okay. thoughts about it. See, and so. I wonder what my initial feelings because now. Because technically this was my second watch of the episode, mm-hmm. but the first time was a while ago. So right, I wonder right. if like I I wonder if I I'm, I'm I wonder if as you say stuff if it'll trigger something in me that's like oh yeah I think I didn't remember feeling that way or if I just yeah maybe thought entirely differently yeah um, yeah so well um, before you before we get started um, I think I. You and I already discussed this in text message a couple of days ago because it was so exciting. But mm-hmm. Aisha has a new show coming, and oh, yes. it's a drama, not a rom com. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to see. And from what I can tell, it has it's been ordered for 26 episodes. So I'm wondering, and all they've announced is the production house, okay. not the channel. So I'm like, is this going to be a digital project? Like, I hope so. One that we could potentially maybe cover if we wanted to, because it would mean there are normal length episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's a set number of episodes, mm-hmm. which it sounds like it is, yeah. So which that great. is music to my ear. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially what if they're like split up, like thirteen and thirteen amongst like two seasons, you know? Right. Um, right. Which is very possible. Yeah, yeah, it seems like that would be like the perfect digital, like even layout. If they did three seasons mm-hmm. of like eight-ish episodes mm-hmm. yeah which has also kind of been the norm yeah as far as like netflix and yeah um, with their dz specifically uh-huh. too mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's kind of the tendency yeah so i'm like oh, i'm excited to see i wonder i mean i'm sure there'll be some kind of a love story woven in there but just to see right. how differently it will be since it will be a drama and not like a summer rom-com so mm-hmm. And there have been none of those announced, by the way, either, which is weird because we are in April. It's April 1st for us, by the way. Um, right. You guys won't yeah. be hearing this for a few weeks, but it's April 1st. But normally by now, like March, we're hearing about like casting and titles mm-hmm. and uh, there's like been not a peep from these channels. So I don't know. I'm like, are we getting summer rom-coms this year, guys? <laughs> I know. Is is Fox waiting to blast us with their <laughs> – five summer rom-coms that they're, they're gonna For produce real. Oh and then gosh. they're gonna kill three of them mm-hmm. <laughs> like three episodes in if it's if they're even lucky uh-huh of course of oh. course yeah 
So they wouldn't be fox if they don't do that. So <laughs> I know. Maybe they're just waiting for that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're all waiting for Fox to start announcing and then like they'll follow. <laughs> right. They'll follow yeah, maybe, maybe. All the other random channels. But anyhow, so um, I was just excited. So in case that's something you guys somehow don't know yet, um, I just wanted to share that here on the podcast because mm-hmm. if you guys have listened for even a little while, you know our love <laughs> for Aisha and her stories. So it's true. Very true. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, so other than that, I think we can just start breaking down the episode um i'm curious um i don't do, i don't know if you just want to go in order and then as you have the stuff that you were like cr- maybe critical of or is like did you have an overall critique of the episode in general or was it like specific specific things um it was this it was some specific things okay. i mean do you what would would you rather me wait or do you want me to get into because it's later stuff oh it is okay yeah. well i guess okay we can just go yeah. on and then i guess yeah you can elaborate as we <laughs> as we go hmm. yeah now I'm, now I'm curious what it is i know is it, i know does it have to do with karem and edda yes okay okay yeah <laughs> i mean i can just get into it <laughs> The whole Edda thing, mm-hmm. like, I was watching it, and I was, you know, Karem does this really sweet thing mm-hmm. in finding the art studio and and encouraging her to kind of learn the theory mm-hmm. as well as practice her talent because clearly she is talented. But I was thinking about it, and I, this whole, like, Edda is a genius thing mm-hmm. feels a little like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like her her art was obviously a big part of her character in right. season one. And we knew that her dream was to become a graphic designer. But suddenly in season two, they're like, well, you're a genius too. Well, you're a genius. You're a genius. And they keep telling her that she's mm-hmm. a genius and talking about her art. <laughs> like it's this amazing thing, this <laughs> huge talent. And <laughs> I've I felt a little like, where did this even come from? (laughs) You guys have just decided that Mm -hmm. she's an exceptional talent. So, okay, this is a storyline now. Right. Versus it just being her dream. Like. Right. Okay. Yes. So that felt a little like, well, here we're taking this in this direction. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be really obvious about (laughs) this. (laughs) So I felt a little like, okay, I. I get it. Right. Like they could have been maybe more – as a genius. Like they could have been more subtle about it maybe like (laughs) – Yeah. I I think it just felt sudden. Okay. Because we obviously know she's an artist. Right. It was a big part of season one, but they didn't talk about her level of talent very much. Sure. There wasn't really an emphasis on – no, her and, brilliance and, as an artist, I guess. Yes, mm-hmm. like if there had been some sort of an art contest or mm-hmm. something where she was showcasing her work and somebody had noticed it mm-hmm. and kind of made a note of it in season one, I feel like it wouldn't have felt as out of the blue to me personally. Mm-hmm. Or if she um, was like Banksying all over the city, kind of a thing. And sure, like everyone sure. was like enamored. You know, exactly, okay. exactly. So that kind of irked me. Um, and then the thing that I kind of went back and forth on was 
the whole <laughs> the whole Karem helping her and then immediately breaking up with her <laughs> and being like, I'm no good for you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so we needed some plot here. Like we the, needed some more teenage angst, Ashley. <laughs> well, and and then I was thinking about it at my, in my second watch, and mm. I'm like, okay, well, actually, this kind of tracks with teenagers. <laughs> it doesn't it though. And be- because I, of course, am looking at it through the eyes of a 30-something-year-old woman. Right, right. And I'm like, you guys are idiots. What's mm-hmm. wrong? Like, like, what are you doing? You literally just told her you were going to be her circle. Uh-huh. You're going to be the one who supports her. And you find her all these things. And she gets one reprimand from, from the teacher. And you're like, I'm already hopeless. I, I'm no good for you. I, you're, you can only fail if I stick around. And I was like, dude. <laughs> but then, again. Rewatching it, I'm like, okay, well, they are like 16, 17 years old. Right. And that is the kind of train of thought mm-hmm. that a little idiot teenager would be thinking. Well, and okay, in his defense a little bit, he he did give in when she – granted, she was the one initiating it, not him, and I don't think he was thinking about that. But when she was like, can I just ditch today and can we just spend time together? And he's like, no, like, you need to go to class. This is important. Like, don't tempt me, you know. But she pushes and he gives in. Sure. So he probably saw that as, like, he wasn't strong enough to encourage her and be her circle to just stay in class. Granted, she made that decision for herself. He was not the one that was like, come on, it's just one day. Like, you know, it was totally her. Right. And, And then on top of that, too, I'm sitting here like, this guy is, like, made to feel worthless at home by his dad as yeah. it is. Like, so he already feels like he's a bad kid. He's not right. going to amount to anything. His dad has to buy his way, you know, buy him his way through life. Right. Like, all this. Stuff. So it's like, I could totally see them then being like, this is what I'm going to do to Ada too. Yes. Let me sadly play basketball at <laughs> midnight and go to her house at 2 a.m. And break up with her through the bars on her window. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's why the second time around, I was like, oh, teenagers. Oh, my gosh. Because when you're a teenager, everything feels so huge. Everything. Everything feels like mm-hmm. it's life altering and oh, life ending. And you're never going to recover. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for us, you know, me seeing it again as an adult, I'm mm-hmm. like, this was one instance Right. She got a, a little reprimand. Right. This is an opportunity for Edda to learn, to grow. She can build character through this. Right. It's really not a big deal. But, of course, she's crying. She's like, I'm a loser. <laughs> she was right. And then, like you said, Karem doesn't think there's anything okay with him anyway. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm just going to drag her down. Yep. <laughs> So despite them really wanting this to be, like, a really emotional thing, mm-hmm. I was kind of just chuckling at it. <laughs> just because of, like you said, the teenage angst. Right. And then I was like, okay, well, this perfectly represents teenage <laughs> angst and the thought process and the illogical, and yes. very impulsive kind of mm-hmm. way that teenagers think. So I was like, okay, right. writers, I forgive you yeah. now. <laughs> I get it. I understand why you did it. (laughs) Yeah. Just took two watches for 
for me to figure it well, out. Well, and maybe even if it hadn't all happened in the same episode, maybe you wouldn't have even felt quite the same way. Like, and and I'm sure you're probably right. Like, you're probably the right. fact that he was. He, you know, so obviously we're pretty much covering everything that happens with Kurem and yeah, already. Yeah, which is um, fine. So maybe we can kind of group this episode by like couples and people mm. and their happenings. So, um, you know, because it's he, the reason he even kind of gets this motivation is because he sees all these people talking to Elif, like, you yeah. know, admiring her for her talent with the piano and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And and we'll put a pin in that because when she describes how she feels about the piano, we know she's not actually talking about <laughs> yeah. the piano. But yeah. um, Karem is noticing all this and he's like – so he ends up going after her at some point and is like, hey, how do you get all these people to like admire and respect you for your talent? Yeah. Like all this stuff. And she basically tells him like, well, it's pretty much my whole life. <laughs> it's yeah. what I absorb – it's like what I spend all my time doing and I'm surrounded by people basically who – she describes it more of a as a cage. He doesn't catch that though, because he's kind of like she's basically like there's people who decide my schedule for me. There's people who this. There's people who that. Like basically saying my life is already planned out for me. Right. What Karem hears is so you have a huge support system that right. supports your talent and what you're doing. So that's where he gets this idea that mm-hmm. he he's like you have a circle of people around you mm-hmm. who support you. So he then decides. Like you said earlier, he's going to be Edda's circle. Right. So he signs her up for this art class, gets her right. there, you know. And unlike Elif, <laughs> Edda really does enjoy it. Like she is yeah. enjoying that atmosphere. She's enjoying having that extra class, you know, time to absorb, learn, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that happens, you know, a little after the beginning of the episode and then by the end he has not only like taken her circle away (laughs) you know so maybe this could have happened at the end of next episode and maybe it wouldn't have felt so like whiplashy yes but still totally been able to encapsulate the teenage angst and mindset and logic of you know what went into him making that decision yeah Um, and i think you made a great point about who he is and why Mm -hmm. his mind would go in a certain direction with this stuff even with the whole kind of support thing yeah because he's listening to a leaf talk and like you said he's not really hearing Mm -hmm. that context and the statement that she's sort of kind of slyly putting in with what she's telling him and he's thinking oh support like Mm -hmm. oh people oh people love you and they they're supporting you because of course he doesn't have that either he doesn't have that at home Mm -hmm. and so he kind of realizes oh okay well i need to find that Mm -hmm. for edda and become that for edda yeah so it's it it does make sense character wise Mm -hmm. why he would have those thoughts and why he would kind of track that way yeah um but yeah i i agree i think if it hadn't all happened in one episode Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have been like what are you guys doing Uh and and part of it too i think that affected my first viewing was the fact that the director clearly was having some fun with like in, like we we're gonna make this a really artsy shot mm-hmm. uh with the basketball mm-hmm. even him walking away shutting off the lights like are, are these storylines just an excuse to play with the camera and right. play but again that my second watch was different than my f- sure <laughs> in that respect 
yeah. So, yeah. No, I think that's – I think that pretty much sums it up. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, for the most part, the pacing and timing has been pretty good throughout this series. It really so has. I think this is the first time something's really been like, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this was yeah. a lot to shove for these two characters and their storyline into one 45-minute episode. Um, right. Yeah. It, it felt – yeah, it just felt a little like okay, you're we're we're working really quickly mm-hmm. to progress to something, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. May, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I won't keep going on about it. No, that's okay. Um so let's circle around to the Elifan Osman of it all then. Okay. Since we kind of already touched on her. Um mm-hmm. we're further just cementing that she Elif clearly has feelings for Osman. Osman yeah. is still completely clueless. Oh, yeah. He thinks she hates him still. Right. And, I mean, part of me is like, okay, I can't really blame you. Again, teenage boy. Mm-hmm. And while, yes, a lot of times not just teenage boys, fully grown men read into things where, like, if a girl's nice to him, it's like, oh, she must be in love with me and want me to call her 24-7 and pursue her mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, even when she doesn't show any interest beyond that. Um so, you know, I guess the the opposite should and can be true where it's like, well, she got me in trouble like the first time she met me. <laughs> right. She then took my desk and then also told on me for having a cell phone. Like, yeah, you know, and while she's, yes, jumped and been a little eager to help with certain things. Right. He's not really taking note of that. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. he's got it in his head that like, no, these couple things she did, those are what he's reading into and clinging on to. And therefore, she does not like me. Right. He's not catching her, like, it's not sarcasm, but, like, well, maybe it is. But, like, when she's kind of like, oh, so, yeah, I guess once this is finished, then we never have to see each other again. He's not catching her tone where it's like, that's actually not what she's hoping for. Right. But, again, because he's already got this mindset that she hates him, he's like, yeah, exactly. So, don't worry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because he winds up basically at some point – he grabs her and they go to a teacher who was like about to – I don't know if she was like about to like discipline him for something or try to confront him yeah. about something. But he's basically like, oh, hey, Leaf and I are going to work on this project for your class. We're mm-hmm. doing it together. And because she likes him, when the teacher's like, Leaf, this is who you're going to work with? She's like, yeah, uh-huh, of course. And so Osman's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll see you tonight at your place at 7, blah, blah, blah. Well, that was all just a show. Leaf didn't know that though. So she – the second yeah. it showed her at home with the mm-hmm. hazelnuts, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> because I just totally could foresee mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. that she heard him say, we're going to start working on it tonight. And she really believed that that's what he meant. Yep. And Ugh. not only did she have these hazelnuts, we find out <laughs> girlfriend's like deathly allergic to <laughs> hazelnuts. And if this isn't also teenage angst, like, I don't care. He loves hazelnuts, so I'm going to have a bowl of them right on my desk. <laughs> like. Oh, man. So, but it also, you know, shows us that she really does like him and she knows yeah. that he that's like his favorite go-to snack. And so mm-hmm. um, she has them there on the desk. And then we get the whole montage that she clearly waited all night for him to show up and he never does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and leading up to that whole situation was when she was talking to that girl. The mm-hmm. girl's asking her about the piano. She's mentioning that she plays the guitar and she's kind of asking her 
about the piano, about her, you know, how mm-hmm. she feels about it and her ambitions. And Elif is talking in a way <laughs> that is very clearly, like you said, not about the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, she's saying stuff like, oh, because the girl asks her, you love the piano a lot, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and we've encountered this in many a show that we've covered. Yes, it is a classic. It, it's a yeah. classic for a reason. Yes, yes. <laughs> and of she is like, of course, it makes me feel alive. I never stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I'm poisoned. I have so many dreams revolving around it, so many possibilities, so many scenarios. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going crazy. I feel so small as if I'm in its grasp. Uh, and it could kill me in a single motion, but that would be okay too. <laughs> And meanwhile, <sighs> she's staring at Osman this whole time, <laughs> and uh, we we know she's she's got it bad with yeah. this this episode. Maybe that's just the theme of the episode is teenage angst. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, if they were like, still titling the episodes, that should be the title of it, this one. Yeah, yeah, or maybe just angst in angst. general. Uh-huh. <laughs> because yeah, like, and then obviously we have. Several more instances where we are shown that Osman is still completely oblivious to that. Right. You know, because well, when like she, the day after. Yep, like she confronts him and he's like, yeah, that was just something to get out of her, like questioning us, like, you know, duh. and he's like, and she's like, well, then how is the project actually going to get done? And he's like, I'll hire the nerds to do it for us. Like, it's fine. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, because then. This will happen. This will happen. Rafiq Bey will get his position as principal and then we'll never have to see each other again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, isn't that the way you wanted it? I, right. I know you don't like me anyways. Right. Uh, and I think he even says like, uh, I know you don't like me, but I didn't expect you to be so blunt. Yes. Yes. Like, so he's totally reading the tone wrong. Yeah. She goes over to the group. And they're and she's kind of like, okay, well, everything's set into motion. Rafiq Bey will be back, or will be in position soon. Ashuk will be back, and then that'll be the end of that. And I guess I'll see you guys or see you guys never. And they're yeah. all kind of like, why are you giving <laughs> us like farewell speeches? What the heck? Yeah. And then Osman walks up and joins the group, and he's like, because she can't stand me, and she can't wait to be at blah blah blah. Like, and at that point, that's just too much for her, and she storms off. Like, yeah. So all of of course they're all aware. Like, right. That she – I'm like – Yeah, they had been taking bets on whether they were together or right, not. Right. <laughs> and Sinan is still like, no, he's clueless. I'll take that bet. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Sinan's right. Yeah. And, you know, so I, at this point, though, I'm like, can one of you tell him, please? Like – I know. If not even for his own sake, for her sake. Like <laughs> – Yeah. Yeah. But that does not happen uh, because they're all too wrapped up in their own angst. So yes, to deal well, with Elise, and I, th- I think too part of it, part of the, the reason the writing didn't do that is because of the scene that was coming up later with her. Mm-hmm. Oh where, yeah, yeah, where they turn in mm-hmm. this group project that neither of them actually had to do, mm-hmm. and Osman turns it in early and <laughs> talking about you know, how well they did and look, we're even turning it in early and Elif kind of just loses it at that point yeah. because she's not getting any love from this boy and mm-hmm. she can't handle it. And so she goes and she walks out of the classroom 
And I mean, it's not that big of a deal because she's the piano prodigy and she can do whatever she wants. (laughs) But she takes out all of her angst out Mm -hmm. on the piano. And this is the first time we see her playing at the Mm -hmm. school. And it's clearly the first time she has played at the school because the whole school kind of comes out when they hear this piano going. Well, and I feel like it's the first time she's playing for herself too. Yeah. Probably in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, granted, she's she's hurt, but like still. Right. She's not even thinking about the fact that she's a goldfish being – because that's what's kept her Mm -hmm. from sitting down and doing it before. And so like you said, she's pouring all of her emotion into her music. Mm -hmm. And it seems like maybe Osman is finally cluing into something or at the very least, like he's realizing he feels something for her. Like – Right. Because that's that's the implication I got. Okay, because yeah, I felt like the way that was filmed, and it kind of zones everybody else out, and it's just kind uh-huh. of like him watching her, and the rest of the crowd is blurry and faded and whatever. Like exactly. something, it's affecting him in some way, whether it's he's reading her emotion, or it's eliciting an emotion from him that he right. like didn't realize that he had until that moment. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, well. And I yeah. really don't remember a whole lot about their storyline. So I'm trying to remember, like, I don't really remember, like, how it's going to play out or what he's going to do or not do. Um, okay. Okay. About it next week when okay. when we watch the next episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think that pretty much covers everything they those two were yeah. pretty much up to this episode. Um, we can do a quick little side for our, you know, horrible Nejdet. He basically <sighs> winds up getting – being on to – um Rafik. Rafik's plan and so he mm-hmm. kind of lures him into a vice principal position for now while mm-hmm. saying like I know you're going for this and like if this is the decision they make of course I'm going to re- you know re- respect that but like you know it's all for the good of the school that's what matters right. the most yeah. right and uh, stupid Rafik falls for it and but what happens is now that he's in that position of of a higher authority Mm-hmm. He can then now go to the school people, the, like, head ministry the people. or something, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's basically framing him for, like, like funneling money. like Yeah, um, embezzlement. Embezzlement, yeah. thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah. So it gets him fired and disqualified not only from being a teacher again, the vice principal, but he's obviously not going to be considered for the principal position now. Yeah. That he's been fired. Like. Yeah. Part of me doesn't understand. I'm like, do they not do any level of research about <laughs> what all these allegations that Nejdet is bring against, bringing against right. the principal, a vice principal? He keeps bringing, like, he keeps bringing up, like, criminal allegations mm-hmm. against these people. Yeah. But they don't seem to do any research or, or look like to any of it at all. Figure out that he's the common denominator of all of yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> Who's the one who keeps reporting all this stuff? <laughs> oh, it happens to be Nejdet. Wow, amazing that he's uncovering mm-hmm. all of this, all of these things that are happening in our school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have. There's not a whole lot of a shook in this episode. No, we just see her and Sinan studying together and giving each yeah, other googly I'm like, eyes. She doesn't even speak, right? She doesn't have any like lines this episode. They're all part no, of like not montages. That we hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't even like get we, a future no, yeah. a shook. Like we don't even get any present no. day 
stuff. We had the knock at the door mm-hmm. in the last episode. And we and still don't we know who's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't get to answer that door yet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's not a whole lot other than just a shook – I mean, which I understand because they're kind of in the middle of this plan to try to get her back to school. So, like, right. her plot is kind of in limbo. So it does make sense that, like, there wasn't a whole lot to do for her. Um, yeah, and she's still mad at Sinan mm-hmm. as, as long as Sinan doesn't tell her the truth about his right. grandpa and what's really happening. They're still going to be kind of on the outs mm-hmm. while also being in love with each other. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I, like you said, it, it makes sense that – they're not really going to progress a lot. The focus obviously mm-hmm. was on the other three kind of couples. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but speaking of Sinon, so mm. this this is probably my favorite uh, storyline in this episode. Mm. Because, yeah. ugh, like, I just Well, love... I basically got my wish you from did. the last episode. You sure did. I know. I was like, so when you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for her. I didn't <laughs> – I couldn't remember if it happened this episode or next when you said mm-hmm. it, but I was like, she's going to see that happen soon. Yeah. Um, as soon as he saw the dog, I was like, yes. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> yes, Kemal sees. Uh-huh. He sees what's going on. They're like – they're uh-huh. the pairing we didn't – like I didn't know I needed until I know. we started getting hints of it. Like – you know, that he was the one kind of calling Kim all out. Like, we got little tiny hints last season with the whole jacket thing. Right. Um, with the whole, like, him kind of, like, pat, you know, patting him on the shoulder before they're going to go up and do their apologies. Even the mm-hmm. fact that he has that proud – Kim all has that proud smirk on his face after Sinan basically tells them all to go to hell. Yeah. Instead of yeah. apologizing. Like, so we got these, like, little hints that there's, like, something between – there's, like, this something between them, you know? Yeah. Um. But I really love that we're obviously exploring that in a deeper way this season. Yeah. Um, There's because... something about kind of the the gruff, mm-hmm. seemingly rude man mm-hmm. who inside has a heart of gold and will protect kids at yeah. any cost. Because he, he clearly cares about Sinan yeah. and is worried about mm-hmm. what's happening with him. But he's also smart enough to not push him and or call he's him not going to just outright mm-hmm. be like, Sinan, talk to me. What's going on? Do you need a place to live? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's smart enough to know that's not going to work with Sinan, that Sinan's not going to want charity. He's not going to mm-hmm. want, quote, help. Right. So yeah. instead he asks him a favor. Yes. That's – oh, I love that so much. It's like – um. It's like, it's like Tom Severin when the little, oh the little like street urchin, you know. Oh my and- gosh, don't get me started <laughs> on Tom freaking Severin. I know. Tom, I have no, I have five emotions, Severin. I'm only allowed to have five so emotions. Much. I know. He's, uh He's so underrated. People do not talk enough no, about him. No, uh, that, that, that one is underrated out of all the like yes. books. Like he, I we're talking about because- a book called Chasing Cassandra, you guys. <laughs> I'm sure we've actually talked about it before on the podcast, we not not have. during this DZ coverage, but like we love Lisa Kleypas. That's the author. Um, yeah. And there is – it's like one of the last books in this series about this family. And yeah. um, this one's called Chasing Cassandra and just we, – we love the hero in it. He is just yeah. this, yeah, starchy, grumpy, un- incapable of love and he only allows himself to feel – Five emotions, five emotions ever because all the other ones are useless and all this stuff, you know. But then, of course, this one specific girl comes in and, like, breaks all that apart. Mm-hmm. And he buys a freaking newspaper just to, like, 
because they wrote a gossip thing about her that was untrue. Mm-hmm. And so he buys the whole newspaper and fires everyone just to be able to get a retraction. Like, it's just yeah. – we love it. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. And yeah. it's a historical romance novel. So, like, there's this, like, little street urchin kid. Is that even – are you even allowed to say that anymore? Anyways. It's, um, it's Basil, right? Basil yeah. Basil his name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a street urchin. Yeah, I think he, that's a very, like, colloquial term okay. of the time. Yeah. Um, and – but of course, Tom acts like so bothered by him and all. This. But like, uh-huh. he gives him a job. He like winds up letting him live with him. Like he, he gets the fleas when, off of him. He gets the fleas <laughs> off of him. And like when his like handler dude, who basically like you know quote owns mm-hmm. him and uses him as his like personal slave, comes around looking for him. Like Tom, like doesn't he like beat the crap out of him? Like or at least sure scare does, him? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So anyways, like it's totally Kimal. <laughs> Yeah. With Xenon. Um, yeah. Like, I don't actually ca- – I don't care about this kid. Uh-huh. But here, here, let me provide you with safety and <laughs> and a home and a job and yep. food and comfort. But I don't care. But grr, I don't uh-huh. care about you. <laughs> well, and like, like you said, he knows how to approach it so well. And whether if it's because he is – you know, maybe he feels some camaraderie with Sinon in different ways. Right. He knows exactly how to approach it. And so, yeah. like you said, when he sees the dog and then he figures out, like he ventures into the school basement thing, whatever, mm-hmm. and figures out that Sinon is staying there, he immediately goes home, breaks his giant bookcase, hides one specific <laughs> piece so that it can't be, like, easily fixed. And that is his – that is his that's his solution yes is the next day he calls for sinon into his office and he's like i need your help and sinon's like uh okay and he's like there's a giant bookcase at my house that's come like completely broken and i need you to come fix it and sinon's kind of like well i'm not a handyman and he's like well i also don't really know anyone who's basically good with like brute labor essentially like yeah you know and he's like um okay and he's like besides if i if you're doing me this favor it means i owe you a favor at some point like you scratch i think he even says like you scratch my back Mm -hmm. i'll scratch yours and so sinon's like all right and then right as he's about to leave kimal just kind of throws it in there it's probably going to take a while so you might need to stay at my house yeah and sinon kind of is about to say something but then doesn't Mm -hmm. and just like accepts it for what it is um yeah and, yeah, so he winds up showing up and, mm-hmm. you know, Kimal – and, again, Kimal's doing such a good job at being so, like – Nonchalant Nonchalant about, about it. it. Yeah, because he's just mm-hmm. kind of, like, tossing a couple things on a couch. Like, you can take care of yourself, mm-hmm. so here's some basic stuff. You'll find towels in the shower, like – Foods in the fridge. Foods in the fridge. So, you know, basically eat it. Not like, oh, yeah. look, I made you dinner or anything like that. Because right. right. we know well, Kimal's and, capable and of that. Leaves. Yeah, and he yes. leaves too. He's like, I'm going to be out late, so don't worry about me. I have stuff to do. Right, and he so. seems like it's more like so – yes, I because you know what it is. It's so that he he knows that it's so Sinon can feel free to yes. devour whatever he wants because if right. he was home, he'd probably either not eat anything or eat very little. And just drink. And yes, exactly. And so it's like, oh, he just knows so well exactly – he just knows all the right things to do. That yep. put enough distance between what's actually happening and yep. what is appearing to be happening for exactly. Sinon to feel comfortable to take a hot shower finally. Gosh, when yeah. he takes that shower in the basement. And, I know. Oh, I know. it broke my heart. And um, washing his clothes like that. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I know. 
And he gets to look through all the stuff Mm -hmm. on the bookshelf, and he has a nice dinner. You see him kind of smiling, watching TV, having a sandwich, like the the saddest thing to make him happy. (laughs) Hey, listen, a good sandwich. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's life-changing. I love sandwiches. but (laughs) That's my husband's love language is sandwiches. sandwiches. Oh, my gosh. He could eat a sandwich every – he basically does eat a sandwich every day. I love sandwiches. (laughs) 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 but it's it just is it's like okay now now what's gonna have to happen Mm -hmm. is kemal's gonna have to figure out a way to keep him there right so that is seemingly gonna need to be the next step Mm -hmm. and i'm assuming he is gonna figure out a way sure because like you said it and and we don't see really anything of kemal's family Mm -mm. so it does make you wonder if he really finds this camaraderie with Sinon mm-hmm. because of maybe his own past mm-hmm. or other things that maybe he's gone through himself. Right. Because, yeah, he just – he knows how to talk to him. Mm-hmm. He knows how to offer him things mm-hmm. and offer help. Yeah. In a way where Sinon will actually accept it. Yep. Well, and it's funny. As soon as you said about – um how you're like, and he got to like then go through all the books because they were all falling off the shelves. I'm like, I wonder if that's why that's what he chose to break. Because, I mean, he could have broken the TV. He could have broken – there's all kinds of stuff he could have broken instead. But he broke a bookcase. Hmm. Like – And maybe that shows how well he knows Sinon too. Yeah. Like, because I'm thinking yeah. like – because as we see him going to start initially fix the bookcase, he does start getting engrossed in the books. And when he finds yeah. him asleep when he gets home, he's like got a book in his hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he puts the blanket on him. I know. And he does it like just like gruffly enough. It's not like this like sweet tucking daddy yeah. tucking his son in, but like yeah. he still gave him a blanket. Like yeah. he still put the blanket over him. Mm-hmm. It's just ugh. So chef's yeah. kiss. Um the best. So now so now that we have talked about Kimal and Sinan, let's move on to Kimal and Burju. Burju? So yes. Burju is actually our opening scene. She's like yeah. talking her because she's about to do something clearly rebellious that's could get her in trouble <laughs> and so she's trying to like talk herself into it and kim all catches her and he's kind of like like uh-oh what are you gonna do now you're just gonna keep you know like kind of like getting getting yourself well, and into and he's kind of smiling about yeah, it yeah but totally. she she's not having it Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> at all <laughs> he's like trying to be flirty a little bit like so you can tell uh-huh. like okay He's still trying to feel her out because, like, yes, he broke up with her. But, again, not because he wanted to, I don't think. But because, right. like, she clearly has her stuff she needs to work through. But So, he, I think right. he's kind of, like, testing the waters. Because, as we know, mm-hmm. months have passed because of the weird, you know, calendar flipping thing that happened in the, right. what, first episode. Um, mm-hmm. And so – but she – like you said, she's not having it. She just kind of snaps at him. And, like mm-hmm. – <sighs> It's a bummer because, again, she's still making – and she not only snaps at him, she starts calling him out on this stuff that I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about because she's like yeah. – She's like, yeah, you with your vice principalness, you don't have to worry about this. Like, And I'm sure you only took this position because it means you have to teach fewer classes, so it makes your schedule easier because you just don't care about anything and anyone in this school and blah, blah, blah. Like, Yeah. And you already passed your judgment on me. What, you, what do you even care? Mm-hmm. You don't – 
you still don't care about what's matter what's happening at the school mm-hmm. uh, obviously talking about the whole Nejdet situation right. yeah the hierarchy ca- of the students and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so she kind of just ticks him off by saying mm-hmm. all of that stuff and of course she's hurt and she's feeling vulnerable but she's being a little out of line yeah. with what she's saying and she's kind of just being rude to him. So Completely. I don't really blame him for just walking away mm-hmm. and just being like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I don't have any idea about any of this. And he just walks away. Well, and especially because he approached her in such a lighthearted way, which she obviously mistook for his nonchalance and not caring about anything. Right. But it was really right. just him trying to like clearly seeing she's stressed and trying to bring like a lightness to the situation to help her breathe a little better. And she just yeah. couldn't see that. So yeah, like you said, he – he just walks away because he's like, yep, you're right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I don't care about anything. I don't care about anyone. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Think what you want about me. So at one po- – so what the thing she was trying to talk herself into was mm-hmm. we see when she's starting her classes – excuse me. She has everybody in at the same time, mm-hmm. all the students. And then she makes them all give up their pins that basically says if they're in like the A class, the B class, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And they're like, but why? And she's like, because you're all on the same playing field in my class and we're yeah. not going to we're not gonna do that. Yeah. You can have your pins back at the end of class. You can be separated in your other teacher's classes, but that's not how I'm going to do this here. Yeah. Um, of course, Nejdet doesn't like that. <laughs> and so he te- – initially he tells Horny Hanum to – because she's mm-hmm. now a VP right. um, with Kim Albe. And he tells her to discipline Virgil. Mm-hmm. Well, she pushes it off on Kimal. She's like, probably because she knows it's going to hurt worse. It's going to hurt Virgie worse coming from of course. Kimal. Of and course. so she pushes it off on him with some lame excuse. And he's yeah. like, okay. So he calls Virgie into his office mm-hmm. and is like, so I hear this is what you've done, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's like, he basically doesn't punish her. He's like, why? Well, it doesn't sound like you need to be punished. It sounds like you know exactly what you did and – um, you know, she's kind of like, oh, thank you. And he's like, so I'm taking this as you promising that you're not going to do this again. And she's <laughs> like, uh, I made no such promises. Like, yeah, before she like walks out. So, of course, Horny Hanum's like, oh, I don't like that. Because oh, she hates it because it was him going easy on her. And again, understand it's funny because I'm like, Virgil, does this not clue you in that he must care a little bit? Like, he just yeah. lets you get away with that. Um, yeah. But, you know, Horny Hanum goes out and is just like, oh, I won't let him manipulate us like that again. That was, you know, hard to watch, blah, blah, blah. Like, she just tries to, you know, basically manipulate the whole situation that, like, yeah. he was toying with her and now she's – now he's toying with Burju and, like, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. – um, well, and I-, I did appreciate that immediately after that she seems to get fired. <laughs> I yeah. missed it. Well, because I think he realizes – I think it was obviously to make room for Rafiq to be the VP. But right. I, part of me wondered, was it like – was it because he saw that Burju wasn't like suspended or in trouble too? So he saw it as like you didn't even obey my yeah. like um, – I, I don't know. And and there was a whole thing about the accounts too because mm-hmm. he's like, please take care of the accounts. And she seems to not be doing the job that she's supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. But because because he tells her, you know what, just resign from your VP for for your own good because of his whole plan. Right. And, but but then he's like, um, and you know what? Come to think of it, just leave. <laughs> so 
it seems like she's fired, but I'm guessing we'll find oh, out in the next episode. You're right, if she though. Keeps he does coming back. Yeah, he does. But it say sounded that. like he's letting her go, like completely. And saying, yes, <laughs> basically telling her don't bother coming back. Mm-hmm. But I could have misread it. It could be with the subs and the difference in language. Sure, that what he said is not exactly mm-hmm. what was said in the subtitles so we're gonna have to find out yeah if, if she suddenly stops showing up in the then show we'll know, then I guess, she was huh? fired <laughs> <laughs> but you know burju obviously keeps doing what she's doing mm-hmm. and she had told kimal outright that she wasn't gonna stop she mm-hmm. made no promises yep. to not do it again so she does it again in her next class kimal ends up seeing and, of course, he's called in to, mm-hmm. quote, reprimand her again. Mm-hmm. But this time, things don't go super well mm-hmm. because at first, he kind of just tells her, he's like, well, you know that I'm not going to do anything because I have a, I have a soft, a soft mm-hmm. spot for you. <laughs> but then he goes on to ask her if she's worn the red dress. Mm-hmm. Well, and I thought that was like because okay, she's she's getting bolder in the sense that like she's mm-hmm. she's being rebellious in her job because he's kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do anything, but like, aren't you still worried about your reputation? Aren't you as a as a you know uh, educator? Because this kind of stuff can wind up on your record, right? You'll never be able to v- VP again, right? But the the dressing was interesting because. That really seemed to aggravate her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if things would have happened the way they happened if he hadn't brought up the red dress. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of incites her to say, I'm I'm not wearing it. I didn't wear it because I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm not doing things if I don't want to do them. Mm-hmm. And so for, for him to hear that, it's kind of see <laughs> – I don't – I was trying to figure out what it was that that kind of snapped in him mm-hmm. hearing that from mm-hmm. her because he clearly appreciates that she's kind of sticking it to the man mm-hmm. with what she's doing. He really would never have reprimanded her on his own right? because, I mean, when Nejdet first comes in and talks about how she deigned to put A, B, and C all together, uh-huh. he's smiling about it. He's right. not upset at all. Right. <laughs> He appreciates it. And so it's it's weird because it's like he's hearing her and he's he's like happy that her principles are demanding her do this thing that she's doing. And he's bringing up all of these things about, you know, you could really get hurt. But I think that what what does it is she's like, you wouldn't uh, – what she says to him is, you wouldn't understand, of course, mm-hmm. because you don't care, right? Sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's like on one hand, he obviously admires her. Yes. And oh, yeah. he appreciates what she's doing and how she is. She's standing up for herself. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's thinking, well, it's just a matter of time before she finally wears the red dress mm-hmm. and her transformation will be complete or something. I don't know. <laughs> But then she turns it on him and is like, but you wouldn't know anyway because you don't care about anything. Yeah. See, and – yeah, which obviously I understand triggered a knee-jerk reaction in him. Yeah. Um, Because – yeah. I mean, there's a few different ways we can look at this. I – him then being like, 
fine, you're suspended. Part Mm. of me is like, okay, this is going to test her resolve of, are you really Mm. willing to continue to do this stuff you're doing because it's what you want to do, even though you know there are – because like, it's like he said – you know I'm not going to punish you. So she can continue to be rebellious without right. without consequence. Here's a consequence now. Are you still going to continue to keep all the kids together? That's a great point. You know what I mean? Like were you just I doing this because really you had that. the safety net of knowing I have a weak spot for you and so you can right. keep doing that? Well, weak spot gone. Congratulations. Now you have a mark now on you're your really record. Now you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now you have a mark on your record. You're suspended. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you still continue to, quote, do what it is that you want to do. Um, yeah. Obviously, a part of that, again, too, is, you know, it, the red dress thing makes her snap and say what she says to him. So they both yeah. have a triggered reaction to that. But I think part of it, too, is like, Again, she's doing she's doing all this bold stuff that could get her in trouble that she's not necessarily – it's out of her comfort zone mm-hmm. to not just be compliant and, you know. But yet when it comes to the red dress, she still just can't do it. And obviously the red yeah. dress is just more of a symbol of their relationship. Right. Of course. And so when it's something that she's still not willing to compromise on, it's still not something she's willing to even try, like even to say, yeah, I put it on. I just stayed home, but I did put it on and had dinner in it. You know what I mean? Like just some, I think even something like that, like no, she didn't go outside her door. Nobody saw her in it, but I still put it on for me. Right. But you know she's not going to do that because anytime she looks at it, no doubt she thinks of Kimal. Right. And it's it's going to be a momentous thing now, especially with him bringing it up again. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, a couple episodes in Mm -hmm. after the whole thing was originally brought up. So now this has become a thing. It's become an important item, an important object in regards to their relationship. Like you said, we have a symbol now for them. Which is funny. That's another very Lisa Claypus thing is to have a a specific like um, meaningful item. item. Yes, a token. Um, Yeah. So I just liked that there were a lot of, obviously there were a lot more layers beneath the surface of that where yeah. the the red dress was concerned. Um, yeah. But it's clearly a very touchy subject still for both of them. Um, yeah. And it feels like all of their conversations this episode were pretty layered mm-hmm. in those ways, you yeah. know, because they're, there's always some subtext to their discussions mm-hmm. when they're talking about these things they might yeah. seem seem to be talking about school mm-hmm. but there are always those notes of what went on between them and what's going on between them and their feelings oh we forgot to talk about his basketball buddies yes well he goes to dinner i think it's after i think it's after this scene the next scene that he winds up being in at least or no it's after he takes scene on in yes that's yeah, the thing he, he's going out and being late for exactly um, so well, really quick, just before. Yeah. Sorry. I um it kills me too. The like it's always like frustrating anytime she's like, you don't care, blah, blah, blah. Cause like we yeah. know he does. Yeah. But then the fact that he did this huge thing that really shows he cares, like forcing out, and she has no stinking clue about it. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I can't wait for you to have your foot so far <laughs> in mm-hmm. your mouth. Mm-hmm. When you eventually somehow figure she out will find out. Right. She's gonna figure it out at some point, whether she yeah. I actually don't remember how she figures – if she even figures it out. I think she does. But anyways, like, 
Um, yeah, you're, I mean, how stupid would you feel if you're constantly spewing these kinds of accusations at someone yeah. and then secretly – because at any point, he could have whipped that out and been like – Of course. You have no clue what I care. Do you know that Sinon's living with me because – you know right. what I mean? Like, but yeah. he doesn't because, again, right. he's doing that stuff because he cares, not so that he has a way to, quote, prove to her right. that he cares. So, right. anyways. Um, but, yes, like you said, this is very important. Um, after he, you know, gets out of the house so Sinon can kind of have free reign to eat mm-hmm. and take a shower and just, you know, get comfortable, um, he's out with, yeah, his basketball buddies. Mm-hmm. And wasn't it fun to um, see them drinking non-blurry um, yes. <laughs> drinks at the table? <laughs> One of the guys, I was like, is this guy a European or American? He just did not look Turkish, mm-hmm. the, the lighter guy. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy, I was like, oh, well, you're the Turkish version of – I don't – could not tell you the American actor's name. <laughs> but he looks exactly like him. And I – but, of course, I was just trying to figure out who the who American was. guy was, and I couldn't. <laughs> So it was just driving me crazy looking at that guy. Maybe somebody will know. Maybe somebody will I like, know. I know. Because I had the same thought. And it's this actor. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have an answer before we – But well, no, because this won't. This episode won't air until <laughs> long after we've recorded next week's episode. But maybe yeah. at some point we'll get an answer. It's um, one of those actors who's on a show like CSI or Law oh, and okay. Order or something mm-hmm. in a similar – kind of vain capacity mm-hmm. uh-huh but he's i don't know if he's an actor that people you would just know his name right <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> or if he's just like oh yeah like, yeah mm-hmm. oh that's familiar face mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah so this is such a pivotal thing because it's not just him catching up with basketball buddies mm-hmm. i will say one thing i really appreciate is when the one he's sitting next to mm-hmm is like, oh yeah, I got a, I actually got a call and a job offer for the Russian national team. Like, so basically he's and it's clearly a step up from whatever his current position is. Um Yeah. You know, he Kimal's just excited for him. Like, yeah. He's like, congratulate, like kind of slaps his back, like, that's awesome. Like, instead of just stewing in like a, well, that should be me, or like you right. know what I mean? Like Or being upset about the future that he could you know can't have because of his injury right right like i love that he was just like happy for his friend so Mm -hmm. i just thought that was worth mentioning yeah yeah well and so yeah the friend has gotten um a coaching job Mm -hmm. in russia and he needs a replacement for his current coaching job for whatever awesome team they're talking about i think Um, it's in i think it's like the now I can't remember what team he said it was. Oh, well. If okay. he even yeah, said. Yeah, I don't remember them even saying a team. Okay. He mentioned the other guy coaching the national team. Um, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, you're right. But you're right. For for the other one that he's talking to Kimal about, he didn't mention it. But there is some, some subtext of, well, you're just doing that teaching job, mm-hmm. right? Don't you want to get back into coaching? Because Kimal mentioned, specifically mentions his injury, mm-hmm. but the guy kind of reminds him, I'm talking about coaching. You don't need to play anymore. Right. You would be an awesome coach. Mm-hmm. And I know you're kind of just biding your time at that, you know, high school coaching, teaching job, <sighs> boring, lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, again, we're really hearing what 
Burju's fears always were all along, that right. he was just biding his time. And his friends are inadvertently also feeding into that by mentioning it. Yeah. And, re- and you can kind of see it dawn on him again, mm-hmm. realizing, okay, I guess Burju's fears were not totally out of nowhere mm-hmm. and not completely without reason. Sure. But he doesn't give an answer. Right. Because he sort of gets a, a job offering. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, I mean, like, you should take over this team. I know yeah. I can trust you. Like, I know mm-hmm. – he obviously knows what kind of player he was, and he obviously believes that that's going to translate into what kind of coach he would be. Right. And I do think it's important to note, because obviously we didn't talk about this episode in order. We went by character. Right. This dinner happens before that second, quote, reprimand. Yes. And yeah. I think that plays a huge part into why he also has such a triggering reaction. Because yeah. he's clearly trying to feel out – where she's at, like, does she right. – has she – have her feelings at all changed? Does she still think I'm someone who just, like, doesn't give a crap? Because if I think she hadn't said something like that, like, maybe it – I don't know. Or maybe if he hadn't already been offered this kind of thing, like, an escape, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, from his friends who also clearly see it the same way Burju does, like, you're just biding your time there. Right. I think that also played into his – really like knee-jerk reaction to her whole red dress comment and then yeah you know but you wouldn't know because you don't care um right i think yeah. that played into it too because it's like well crap like he probably is sitting here contemplating should i stay or should i go like yeah because like you said he did not give them an answer um and this is not really pushing him to <laughs> Like, that's not going to really push him to stay, you know, even though it seems to me like that's what he wants to do is stay. Right. And he's kind of looking for maybe some encouragement or a reason to. Yes. I I think that's – I think that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. I think that he's really trying to figure out, Mm -hmm. okay, what is my future here? Do Mm -hmm. I have a future here? Mm -hmm. And – no, he doesn't care about every single kid who goes to that school. Sure. But I think, like you said, he's looking for a reason. Mm-hmm. And he maybe was kind of, you know, offering, throwing some breadcrumbs like, mm-hmm. hey, are you are you going to bite? Yeah. Have you worn the red dress? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But instead of getting an open door, he gets a, to- a door totally slammed in his face. So it's... It could be a make or break. And Burju mm-hmm. obviously doesn't realize this. She doesn't know what's happening in his life and right. the context of why he's bringing something like this up or mm. the fact that he – because even – like really, Burju, him taking the VP job should have been another sign for you mm-hmm. that he is not going anywhere. Why would he take a VP job if he's planning on just leaving anytime soon? Right. And – does it really – I mean, in real life, does a VP position really lessen your workload? Yeah, maybe you are, don't teach as many classes. But you, there's probably plenty But it's of because there's other work <laughs> that comes with being in an administrative position like that. Exactly. Like, um, it's not – yeah. So – and she, of all people, should know that. Like – Exactly. Because she was one. So – Yeah. Yeah. She knows the workload. Right. But she – Again, so she, but she's already got this narrative in her head, so it's way easier mm-hmm. to find things that fit to pin 
to cherry pick the things that fit that narrative. Right, right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, all she brings up is, well, you have to teach less classes this way. Even though it's like, yeah, but you're not acknowledging why you have to teach less classes with a position like this. Right. Because there's other work right. that fills in those gaps. And you know exactly. that. But that doesn't fit the narrative in her head that he's just – Doesn't know. care and ready to walk right. away at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we're still mm-hmm. very muddled and mm-hmm. – angsty yes with everybody <laughs> yep <laughs> even more so by the end of this episode because yeah, yeah our closing scene was one we already discussed but it's the it's karem basically breaking up with Ida, and then we kind of get a quick little montage of just quick little scenes of all the kids um, everybody being angsty everybody yes <laughs> in being, their own home being angsty in their homes <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh so yeah. Yeah. So maybe next episode we'll actually see who knocked at the door. Yeah, I really don't remember how long it takes to see who it is that knocks at the door, but um yeah, maybe. I mean, we're going to be halfway through the second season, right? But, yeah, by the, the end of episode? yep, next episode, the end of next episode is halfway through. So So they got to start showing us some stuff. Yep. Um yeah. So, anyhow, um I think that's it. I feel like we I feel like we discussed and analyzed every little yeah. aspect of – I mean, there was a lot to di- to analyze, truly, but um, – I feel like that was actually the best way to do it, though, mm-hmm. because of how well everybody kind of stuck with each other's storylines. Yes. With the couples and everything. I agree. Um, yeah, just the plot – the way the plots played out, it did make sense to kind of do them character yeah. by character rather than just talk about the episode chronologically. So, yeah. Um, anyhow, so, yeah. That is volume three of season two of Ashk 101, you guys. Mm-hmm. And again, as always, if you have your own thoughts or takes or ways maybe you interpreted the red dress situation. <laughs> um, or even, yeah, I'm curious if people felt the same about Karem and Ida too. Like, were you – did you kind of have an Ashley reaction of like, <laughs> what the heck is this like coming from left field? Um yeah. Again, yeah. this is the kind of stuff where it's like, Zigzagging man, all over the place. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff where it's like, man, I wish we could just flat out, like, ask the writers or the director or whatever. Like, was this something that wasn't really planned and so you kind of had to, had to like, throw it in there like this? Um, right. Or was this just maybe a product of editing and maybe too much got edited out that led up to this so then this felt like a sharp turn, you know? Right. Um, so, anyhow. But, yeah. yeah. All, until we actually get answers like that, we'll just <laughs> contemplate it, which is really essentially the bread and butter of this podcast. Uh, so. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what we do here. I, say, I guess we wouldn't really have a podcast if we could constantly ask uh, <laughs> the directors and writers everything because then we would just have the answers and we wouldn't need to contemplate them amongst it's the true. two of us. So. <laughs> it's true. We wouldn't have to think of our own theories. Exactly. So anyhow, uh, thank you for sticking with us this week. And we will be back next week with volume four of season two. We'll be halfway through um, the second half of the series. So uh, as always, our, all of our episode notes have um, links and things where you can find us, our merch, um, ways to still continue to help the relief efforts happening for the earthquake aftermath over in Turkey and Syria. Um, so yeah, until next time. Good or shoot-oos. Post-chakal.